Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. We were at a Utes basketball game back when they were really good, and my dad got selected to be in the halftime competition because he looks like Squints as an adult. You wouldn't think he's a baller, but he made every shot, and the crowd went nuts. Nice. There you go. Welcome back. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We've been having some fun with that today. There was uh, the Aggie alumni Twitter randomly asked uh, a question today. What's your favorite Spectrum moment or most what memory stands out the most uh, at the Spectrum? And we thought we'd apply that to all the venues around here. And it's kind of expanded to, to really all venues anywhere. But uh, your your biggest moment or biggest memory uh, from the particular venues around here. One of the coolest things about having an arena that isn't brand new, and, and really this arena looks brand new, so it's the best of both worlds. By the way, did, did you see that story about how this is one of the fans' favorite arenas? In the NBA? Uh, no. Anyway, um, uh, it's, uh, it, it, you have memories that, uh, that are important to you. Think about all the things that have happened on that space down there, on that, on that court. I mean, it is remarkable, all the stuff, the great moments that have happened on that court, and yet people get to come now, and it feels new. So you have the advantages of both the nostalgia, and the convenience. It's nice. So keep them coming uh, to our favorite. We're going to give you Guns N' Roses tickets as part of Win Ticket Wednesday. So open mics uh, on Twitter if you'd like. Uh, We've gotten a lot of responses, and we'll try to get to as many as we can. But it's been kind of a fun side topic today, and uh, we'll give away some tickets as well. At Jake Scott's own, at Gordon Monson, at Austin Horton. Of course, Gordon, there is a game tonight, the Jazz final preseason game, taken on the Portland Trailblazers. Tip-off will be just after 7. Pre-game coverage begins at 6. Here on the Zone Radio Network, Gordy Chiesa is going to be hanging out with me today through pre, half, and post. Love, Coach. Looking forward to spending a little uh, uh, a little jazz game time with Coach uh, Chiesa, so uh, make sure and stay tuned for that. But this is going to be the last opportunity, Gordon, for them uh, to tighten it up and, well, you know, out there on the floor anyway, uh, in game time before the regular season begins. This is a much more important preseason game than most of them are. For the Jazz, how so? Because they they have to. You use the word tighten. That's what they have to do. They have to get that defense coordinated so the Jazz can play the kind of defense that people around here and themselves included have uh, come to expect. And uh, in listening to and talking with Rudy Gobert, he was saying, hey, "Don't worry about it. I mean, but everybody has to work hard and focus and and get this thing put together." And he was very confident that it would be, but it has to be because the Jazz need to get off to a good start, Jake. I'm not saying that they have to blister straight out of the gate and go on a 10-game winning streak or anything like that. There are going to be some bumps uh, as the team gets familiar with uh, one another, but they can't 
they can't come out and lose a bunch of games because it's too competitive in the West. It's too punitive as the season moves on. Even if they make great progress as far as overall coordination and ability and they utilize their talent and they're on a roll by the end of the season, if you don't play well early with the way this is stacked up in the West, it's your positioning in the playoffs is going to be greatly hampered. So they, they, they even though... You would expect it to take some time for them. They, they, they have to hurry it up. So with that in mind, do you think Coach Schneider plays his guys, his, his rotation guys, yes. uh, most if not all of the game tonight? I, I think he will, yeah. He played them well into the fourth quarter mm-hmm. uh, of the game the other night against Sacramento. He was waiting for them to, to, to get it together, literally. And uh, it didn't really work out that way, although some progress was made because the certainly the defense got better as the game wore on. It, it's just that they, they dug themselves such a hole that it was uh, too much for them to overcome. I expect some of this to to um, continue to happen into the first part of the regular season. And, you know, I, I'm not so sure from a record standpoint what to expect, but I, I don't think it's going to be perfect. Now, the tough part about that is is everything you're saying right there is is totally right. I mm-hmm. mean, these games, the West is going to be so close. These games absolutely are going to matter. But I do want to make, you know, kind of prepare folks because it, it is going to take a minute, specifically defensively, for this team to be as good as it can be. And, and Coach Snyder talks about it all the time. we got to get better, get better, get better. It's going to be a little bit of a process. Brace well, they yourself. Might, they might be able to win some games by outscoring some teams because they do have a lot of talent at the offensive end. But, Jake, that's a bad habit to get into. And Quinn mentioned that the other night. He certainly doesn't want them to feel like, oh, it's okay. We'll just beat them at the other end. Uh, That's not the philosophy that he wants this team to embrace. He wants them to get out there and bust their humps defensively and allow that to to sort of launch their offense into into, greater heights. Well, I think he's trying to probably break some bad habits right now. I think you know, and and to put it a nicer way, it's just you've got some new face, faces that have got to learn because, as Ed Davis told us, Coach Schneider does things a little bit differently. He's a, he's more detailed than most coaches. He uses different terminology than most coaches, and it's been really effective when guys get it. But it's not, you know, it's not simple. It's it, Coach Schneider is not like your your usual. Uh, college football offensive coordinator where everything is going to the trend of we're going to make this as simple as possible (laughs) right down to the point where you don't even have to make a read and we'll hold up a sign of Snoopy so you know which play you're going to have to run. That's that's not Quinn Snyder's philosophy. Two plus two equals four. There's there's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be a learning curve. I'll never forget uh, when uh, John Gruden was doing those uh, quarterback like John Gruden's quarterback camp for the rookies going uh, into the draft or whatever, and he asked Cam Newton what his favorite play was, and Cam's like, "I like the number seven. <laughs> now the number nine's pretty good too, but I, you know, really the number seven that's my that's my go to. You know, none of, no jargon or you know anything like that. It was just you know, well, coach dials up seven, <laughs> and I know good things are going to happen. That's not Quinn Snyder. He's no. it his his system is very thought out, very detail oriented. Uh, you might say uh, a little bit complex, but it takes it. it it's going to take a little time for these guys to be on the same page, and they they've been saying that by the yeah. Way. And both Rudy and Donovan mentioned that the other night, uh, and and Rudy said, "Yeah, we got new guys, 
But he, he pointed the finger back at himself, too. And he said, and I have to do a better job of focus and concentrating on where I need to be. So even the guys who have grown accustomed to it are having to adjust to new teammates and, and the way they like to do things. And I'm sure Coin is tweaking it somewhat so that it's new for some of the veterans as well. So it's, it's a moving target right now. But in the meantime, I think the offense, strangely enough, will come together quicker than the defense will. And uh, the Jazz are going to be able to get by some nights because they are much more talented than they were at that end. And that seems weird to say. But it's true. Quinn just doesn't want them to, to rely on that. He, he wants dominance at both ends of the floor. And why wouldn't you? Yeah, and he specs a lot at, at both ends of the floor. And it's going to be a little bit more difficult this year with not only the new faces, but they're not, they're not as big as they were last year. They're they're not as long. Who specifically as they are you looking at when you say that? Oh, I mean Derek Favors is huge. Yeah, I get that. Jake Who Crowder else? is a pretty big guy. He Ricky, wasn't that tall. Ricky but he Rubio tall. has at least four inches on Mike Conley. Mike Conley does look small out on the floor. He's only six one. He's not big. He's not a big player. They're they're losing, you know, some of that length and some of that size. But I think uh, Mike's maybe even at the uh, at his age of. 32. Was he 33 yet? Uh, I think he just he either has just turned it or is just about somewhere in there. Job. But I, I think he's a little quicker than Ricky was. I'm not 100% sure on that, but that's the way it looks to me. So he might be able to do some things on the perimeter that Ricky couldn't as far as slowing opponents down. But that's such a difficult position to defend. Well, you could hide Ricky easily, uh, more easily, though. And I... We remember Ricky getting beaten. It it happened more than a few times. But I think Ricky's a better defender than we're giving him credit. But the thing is, is he was six four, six five, so you could switch him on to he other wasn't guys. Six five, come on. Uh, well, what's he listed at six four? We're talking about an inch. What are, what are you going to be bogged down on this for? Well, he next thing he's going to be six seven. Well, he's taller than Mike Conley by quite a bit, which is the okay. point. All right. And you could switch him out onto players who were six 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 seven. And it wasn't going to be an issue. You put Mike Conley on somebody who's six seven, and that's going to be an issue. <laughs> Glad Jake's not building our roads, huh, Gordon? He, he's, <laughs> ah, what's an inch? He uh, just turned. Do you know that when you're building a skyscraper, one inch <laughs> My down bad. at the My foundation? Bad. Yeah, what are you doing, dude? Absolutely, throw the entire thing. He uh, just turned thirty-two on October eleventh. Thirty-two. So we don't want to age him quicker than we. no. All right. Well, the point is that it is different. The players are different, their habits are different, and the Jazz are having to form this thing together. And even even uh, Rudy Gobert has to make some adjustments that he's not used to. So, yeah, they, they I believe that they have the ability to do it. They may not be as big, but I I I, I think they're. It's not that big a deal. But the fact that it's new to half the team is kind of a big deal. Yeah. And I don't think um, Ed Davis is quite there yet uh, in the backup role for Rudy. Now, people know this obviously about the Jazz defense, but just to kind of reset it, it's a little X's and O's, but or O's. <laughs> uh, but the Jazz, O-Z. the Jazz, uh, <laughs> X-E and O's. Exit and O's. Some teams in the Jazz for a long, long time forced players' baseline to use the baseline yeah. as a, as a defender. Uh-huh. Uh, with Rudy Gobert, the Jazz force everything into the middle. And they want to just basically funnel all the action to Rudy Gobert, which 
of course, right? I mean, that makes that makes a ton of sense. But Ed Davis is not necessarily Rudy Gobert, and so he's going to have to get used to how that how the defense works and funnels things towards him. That's one thing where Derek Favors was really, really good at. He could handle it. But but this is it's not fair to Rudy if if the the guy on the perimeter playing defense gets beat right off the bat, and this guy is coming right at Rudy, and Rudy has to step up to cut him off, and then who's covering Rudy's man? And is the rotation happening the way it well, should? Well, it used to be Derek Favors, and well, that's quite helpful, right? <laughs> but it's it's not anymore. Right. Not anymore. And, and the guys just have to know when they have to move. And that's why Quinn talks about communication so much. These guys have to be able to help one another and know what's going on and be aware of more than just staying between their man and the basket. Chad makes an interesting observation on Twitter. He says, the Jazz preseason has made me think of how college football is completely the opposite in spring and fall ball relative to defense versus offense. Yeah, that's totally true because the defense in college football is always way ahead of the offense in spring and and fall camp. Seems like it. And the offense has to, to catch up. It is opposite with the Jazz. I think... You know they're they're going to score a bunch of points, but the the defense is going to take a little bit longer to really get it to to hone in. I think there are some rough edges around the offense too that need to be smoothed. But uh, again, this is all this is all to be expected, and I'm sure Quinn uh, knew it was going to be this way. But he also knows that he's got a lot of talent on this team, and he can make it. He he thinks he can make it happen. That's why I think the Jazz can really contend for a title. Uh, they can, but will they? This is uh, it, there are issues here that go beyond just the talent. Uh, it has to be the toughness and the tenacity and the willing willingness to focus and to stay unselfish, both at the offensive end and the defensive end. When we hear all the jazz players talk about uh, my teammates are unselfish, that that's more than just on offense. That's, that's more than just sharing the ball and making the ball move and getting the ball where it needs to be to create the greatest advantage. It's also not sticking with your man at the defensive end when when you need to go help somewhere else. And that's the way some guys think. They say, okay, I'll take care of my man, and then I I won't be embarrassed. Well, just to kind of back up what you're saying here and give an example of what happens when players don't buy in, and instead of being unselfish and about the team, it becomes about individuals, is last year's Boston Celtics team. It's maybe the best example I can think of it. I mean, they had so much talent, and there was so much ability on really both sides of the ball, but Brad Stevens couldn't make it work. And then guys started playing selfishly because they needed to get their numbers, and there was infighting in the team, and we saw how it worked out with Kyrie Irving, and everybody's you know, pulling in opposite directions. And this team that honestly had the talent to easily be the favorite in the East last year was an absolute disaster. And, uh, you know, I, I think Brad Stevens is a, a pretty savvy coach, but last year was a big fail for him. That's a that's a and this will be a challenge with Quinn Snyder too by the way. That's a difficult task. It's it's one thing to be the plucky underdog and and say guys we got to all pull in the same direction and we're going to go out there and slay Goliath. Mm-hmm. That's an easy sell. Mm-hmm. But when the sell is okay, everybody's got to sacrifice a little bit and play for one another and some guys are going to have big nights one night and some guys are going to have big nights the other, but we have to do what's best with the matchups and what's given us. Now let's go out and and play as favorites. That's a lot. That's a let me put it this way. That's a lot different coaching job 
then nobody believes in us, guys. Let's go out there and play our guts out, and maybe we'll get a win. It's it's totally different. We're going to see how Quinn Snyder handles it, and I, I have no doubt he'll you know he's capable of handling it. But Brad Stevens failed last year. Yeah, that so, was an F. Some people think if you've got the talent, then you got it made. But it takes more than that. You've got to put and, it together. Yeah, and Quinn said that the other night. He said uh, his uh, his shortened quote was, "It takes work." Mm. And that's the phase the Jazz are in right now. And after tonight's game, they have another week. And I think the practices are every bit as important as yep. the games. I understand that the games create an environment where you can compete and all that sort of thing. But I think piecing the thing together over the next week and what's been going on over the past few weeks is, is has been critical to this team. The players have to listen to what Quinn's saying. And then... They have to get to a point where they do it naturally rather than methodically. All right, we're going to get to Josh Parcell, talk a little uh, college football from a national perspective coming up next. But joining us now in studio, our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And, uh, Andrew, you're just trying to get our listeners uh, back to normal with their relationships. Yep, we are. Back to normal, uh, no more ED, and no more pills. The The pills are kind of the... You know, the one method that's been around since the early 90s. Guys with ED know all about the issues that come along with it. Uh, Our new process called acoustic wave therapy, clinically shown to increase blood flow, regrow blood vessels. Um, That's called neovascularization, by the way. It will open up everything and restore function, typically with just a few short treatments. So if you're listening and you have ED, end of October, beginning of November, you could be done with these treatments and feeling the effects. I think it's interesting how they discovered this, yeah. Andrew, where they're helping people with kidney stones. Yeah, lithotripsy. Yeah. And a lot of guys have had this. Um, it, it shocks the kidney stones and breaks them up into a million pieces and your body flushes it out. Uh, they noticed that it, you know, had a good effect on had this. Had a side effect. Had a yeah. good side yeah. effect. Guess what, Doc? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. An unexpected but pleasant side effect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, and it, it can't emphasize this more. I mean, it's, it's just a, a much better alternative to the side effects that come with other treatments because it treats the problem. Yeah. It's the root cause of the problem. The first and only thing, as far as I know, that treats the root cause of the problem uh, with ED blood flow. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000 to call, get more info, and get on the on the uh, schedule because, really, you're taking the risk out of this with a great deal today, Andrew. We are. We know guys are hesitant and embarrassed. If you are if you just want more info or if you're curious, uh, call us right now. We'll do an assessment with our doctor. It's probably 30 minutes. Um, he'll do a blood flow ultrasound to check for blockages in blood flow. We're going to do that totally free if you call us now. And then you can decide. You drive the ship, and you can say, I'm good for the treatments, I'm not. All right, give him a call, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. He's Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. Josh Parcell next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Frank Dolce. I think the best thing that happened to Tyler Huntley is Andy Ludwig showed up at the University of Utah. It feels like he's completely aligned with the way that Coach Ludwig is managing the offense. It's just a really good combination of a guy who's had to struggle at the quarterback position and try and figure it out, and then having the right guy land at the right time in his career, and everything came together. There's a really good understanding of what the offense wants to do and what 
what Tyler Huntley is being asked to do. All of those guys are being coached really well, and clearly they're executing the game plan very well. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about our friends at Diamond Airport Parking. Don't take the bus toward the airport parking lot called Diamond Airport or Diamond Airport Parking offers covered self-parking, covered valet parking, open valet parking, and free 24-7 car-to-curb shuttle service. Diamond Airport Parking since 1922, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save at Diamond Airport Parking. Also, a reminder about our friends at Ken Garf West Valley Ram. Stop by their dealership during Ram Power Days and take advantage of their special offers on select new models. Whatever you're looking for, they've got it at West Valley Ram. Going to talk to Josh Parcell coming up here momentarily, our national college football insider. Get a take on the, the local teams and, and what he thinks about them, but also what's going on around the rest of college football. There is no one who loves college football more than Josh. That is absolutely correct, and that's why we love it when he has a chance to join us weekly. So let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Uh, he does uh, good work for WFNZ in Charlotte. He's also on Sirius XM College Football, uh, talking college football, and, uh, of course, the College Football Country podcast. He's our friend Josh Parcell. Hi, Josh. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Hey, we're great. Quick NFL question for you, and then, of course, we'll get down to business with college. But who knew that all the Panthers had to do to get better was uh, not play Cam Newton? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you better be careful where you say that around Charlotte. <laughs> I, apparently, uh, I've never seen a fan base, guys, more willing to just get rid of a quarterback who's undefeated as a starter. I mean, everybody here seems like is just ready to go back to Cam. And, and, and don't get me wrong, Cam Newton has been great in the past. He's the greatest quarterback who's ever played for the Panthers. But right now, guys, how can you argue against the results that this team has, has been able to put forward with, with Kyle Allen? He's not spectacular, but he's getting the job done. He's not the only one, guys. Backup quarterbacks around the league all of a sudden are winning games left and right. It's really wild to watch. So, Josh, are the Utah Utes among the ten best teams in the country? I think so. I think they're right on the cusp. You know, there's a lot of really good teams right now. Don't get me wrong, Gordon. I mean, you're talking about six or seven undebeaten teams still left uh, among the Power Five. So it's it's a tight race there with the with the rest of that that one loss group. But I think Utah's right there. Uh, love what they do defensively. I think they have one of the more balanced offenses in the country. You know, that USC loss, is, it certainly stings. And it may ultimately be the loss that keeps them out of the playoffs. I, I don't know if they're going to have the schedule strength to compete with some of the other Power 5 conference champions in the end. But right now, I, I really think this team is very good. I, I would put them right on the cutoff as, as a top-10 team. 
Josh Parcell with us. And, and Josh, Kalani Sitagi, head coach at BYU, he's a really good dude. We've, we've talked to, to you about him for years now. Uh, he's, he's very popular as a person. But BYU now has lost to Toledo and South Florida back-to-back. And since he did not get a contract extension in the offseason, of course, inevitably, now the conversation is coming up whether he's the right guy for the job. Based on your just perception of BYU, how bad is it for them to lose those two games in a row? It's bad. Uh, I mean, BYU is good enough, should be good enough, to compete with top 25 programs. I'm not saying it is a top 25 program, but look, over the last few years, they have not only competed, but beaten really good football teams. I mean, obviously earlier this season, going and beating you know, a Power 5 team like Tennessee, and then beating a good football team in USC, they're good enough. They, they can win. Um, the problem is, is that they've lost too many games that they shouldn't. Um, you know, even going back to last season, I, I just feel like Sataki has to be more consistent. Um, these losses are really worse than the ones that they had last year, or even going back to two years ago when they only won four games. I, I'm with you guys. You you know him so much more closely than I do. Sitaki seems like a great guy, a great leader, somebody who, if if I was a parent of a high school kid and I wanted you know my son to go play football for four years for someone, hard to find a better man than Kalani Sitaki. But BYU is a proud program that, even with some of the limitations it has, should be more competitive than this. South Florida is a program in complete disarray. Uh, that's just not a game that you can lose. You can't go beat USC. You can't beat Tennessee. I know Tennessee's down a little bit. You can't go win those games and then turn around and lose to a program that's probably firing its coach uh, in its own right in, in South Florida. That, that, that's a bad loss. They need to turn it around quickly, I think, for him to get another contract. Josh, getting back to the Utes, who is better in the Pac-12, Utah or Oregon? Uh, which way would you lean? And it seems to me like when we talked with you last time, you didn't think either one of those teams would have a shot at a, a playoff spot. But uh, who's the best in the Pac? Yeah, I, I, I still I still don't, just because I don't trust both of those teams to run, or either one of those teams, I should say, to run the table. Uh, I like Oregon a little bit more. Oregon's defense. It looks like it's every bit as good as Utah's. Love their defensive line, and they've got a better quarterback. I mean, Justin Herbert is a. I love what that kid brings to the table. I think they're a little bit better offensively. Um, it is close. I, I would lean Oregon here, and you may look at that Pac-12 North. I thought the North was going to be more competitive than this, but Washington hasn't been the team we thought they were going to be, and you know Stanford has really been a disappointment. I know they got the win over Washington, but Stanford hasn't been anywhere close to where I expected them to be. So I, I, Oregon, to me, looks like they're going to run away with the Pac-12 North. Utah is the best team in the Pac-12 South. I told you guys, I think they're a they're borderline top-10 team. Um, but I think that if I watch those two on a neutral field, I would give a, yeah, I'd probably make Oregon a field goal favorite. How much are you buying LSU now after taking apart Florida? <laughs> well... I, I, not so much after taking apart Florida. I was actually more impressed with their win over Texas than I was uh, the win against Florida. Texas, to me, is a team better quarterback, better offense. Uh, I, that game was a, was a bigger test for me, and it was it was on the road. This one at home, uh, great win. Don't get me wrong, but I was more impressed with the Texas game. I bought into them from from that point on. Uh, Florida's a good program, but felt a little overrated. Um, given, you know, the, the struggles that they've had at points offensively. But, yeah, I mean, LSU, 
We're, we're headed for a showdown, fellas. I mean, early November, November 9th, that, that game should be number one versus number two, Bama and LSU. Uh, this is the first time really in almost a decade that I feel like LSU has the firepower to, to keep up with with the tide. And uh, Joe Burrow right now has every right to, to claim himself as a Heisman favorite. They've got so many weapons at receiver. Uh, it, it just, man, it's, it's crazy to think if, if – I know Joe Brady would have been like 17 years old when Odell Beckham was there, but gosh, if they could have just had him coaching some of the talent they've had there in the recent past, uh, man, it would have been scary. But I love LSU. I still think Alabama has more home run threats at receiver uh, than, than the Tigers. Uh, so I lean slightly towards Alabama as the best team in that division. But the gap is closing right now. LSU is making a name for itself. Where are you on Clemson? <laughs> uh, guys, I get so annoyed by this. Like if People here think I hate Clemson. I don't. But you've got to earn it. You, you've got to earn the right to, to, to be a number two team, number three team, number one team, whatever it is. I, I'm, I'm baffled that they continue to be ranked as highly as they are. Um, yeah, the AP poll doesn't matter. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the, the playoff committee rankings are the only ones that matter, and hopefully they have an accurate reflection of, of the landscape of college football. But Clemson has as much talent as anyone in the country. Uh, talent doesn't win national championships. If that was the case, then we would just hand it out to whoever has the best recruiting rankings. And Clemson has all the talent they need. But how is it fair to Wisconsin, for example, who has been dominant, thoroughly dominant, all year long, against, in my estimation, better competition, four shutouts in six games, and, and Clemson is ranked ahead of them, three spots ahead of them. That's just not fair to me. And I, I think it's silly that we reward teams for what they did a year ago and, and somehow use that to justify where they're ranked the following year. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe Dexter Lawrence and Christian Wilkins and, and Claylon Farrell, those guys are in the NFL now. Defense is great now for Clemson, but the, the boys that played last year in the national championship game, a lot of them are gone. This is a new team. They should be treated as such. Clemson is not one of the top four teams in the country right now. They will more than likely be there when the season is over, but I can't reward a team that, that has been inconsistent when there are four or five teams right now with a much more impressive resumes than the Tigers. Josh Parcell is with us talking a little college football in 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Josh, uh, the Pac-12 network has it worked out with the contracts with ESPN and Fox that a few times a year they get to select a Tier 2 game, essentially a game that would otherwise go on Fox or ESPN, and it goes on to the Pac-12 network. This week, Utah and Arizona State is one of the games that they selected. Again, you know, two ranked teams going head-to-head. Could be for the South title, and the and the Pac-12 network selects this game. And so I'm asking you this you this question. You're in Charlotte. There's not a snowball's chance in hell that you're going to be able to see this game. How damaging is that decision? Wouldn't they, you know, they'd want this game, you would think, to be nationally broadcast? It, it's kind of weird, right? It's like a catch-22 because, I mean, we all know the struggles the Pac-12 network has gone through. You want to have a reason for people to, to demand the Pac-12 network. So by putting these, you know, marquee games on the network, you think you can maybe put the pressure on cable providers to, you know, actually carry the channel. At this point, it, it feels like that ship has essentially sailed. Um, but we went, ran through something similar here with, with the launch of the ACC network not that long ago. You know, a few cable providers had picked it up, but then, you know, the season opener was Clemson-Georgia Tech, and all of a sudden a bunch of Clemson fans realized, oh, I don't, 
I don't get the ACC network, and they call their providers, and, of course, most of the carriages have picked them up by now. So there's a catch-22. I get why the league wants to do it, but it's damaging from the standpoint that you're fighting a losing battle at this point. You haven't you know, added the, the number of providers. You're not in the number of homes that you want to be, and a lot of people on the East Coast around the country aren't going to be able to watch two of the best programs in your conference this week go at it. That's a problem that the Pac-12 is constantly battling. Guys, I don't get to see as much of Utah and Arizona State as I would like. It's, it's frustrating um, not being able to, to see more Pac-12 football. I think that's something that over the long haul is hurting the league. And um, I think ultimately, yes, this game should be on, an, on a national channel, on Fox or ESPN or, or a bigger platform where more people can watch. This was a really good Utah youth football team and a heck of a story in Arizona State with Herm Edwards, who I adore. Let me ask you about Herm, because when he was hired at ASU, there were a lot of people rolling their eyes about that whole thing. Is he is he going to make this thing what it should be? Because we've all been looking at each other going, how come ASU isn't perennially better than it is? Is this the guy? Isn't it funny how, how Herm Edwards and Mac Brown are all of a sudden, you know, rising from the ashes and, and leading resurgent programs again? I, it makes you wonder almost if this whole uh, idea of just hiring the next young hotshot 32-year-old who one time, you know, rode an elevator with Sean McVay is, is the best <laughs> hire. I mean, Herm Edwards knows how to coach football, guys. Uh, the guy's been around for a long time. Yes, he was, he was out of college for a while, and it, it – it, when, you, when he was hired and people hated it, I get it. I get why you don't like it. He's never coached in college football essentially in tw- you know, 20-plus years. Um, it, it, it makes sense why, why you would be against the hire. That guy is an incredible leader of men. That guy is an incredibly inspirational person. He can convince any family, any kid to come play for him that he's going to make you a better player and a better person. That sells. That works. And you know, even for an older guy – he has the energy of someone 30 years younger. And when you look at the guys like Dabo Sweeney and Tom Herman and P.J. Fleck and coaches like that who are really high energy, really inspirational figures, Herm fits that mold. He's recruited well so far at Arizona State. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for the guy. Um, I hope that he does well. And, you know, the, the results are bearing out for themselves right now. They've got a terrific defense of playing lights out and a terrific quarterback right now. He was, you know, as a freshman, it, they got a bright future. This, I think Utah wins this weekend. I think Utah's got a better athletes, better team. But I'm I'm very much buying the stock in Arizona State over the next few years. I, I love what Herm has done there so far. Josh, thank you as always for coming on, sharing a little wisdom. Enjoy the college football this weekend. You bet, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, right. Josh. Josh Parcell, SiriusXM Radio, WFNZ in Charlotte, and the College Football Country Podcast, one of our absolute favorites. Should we have asked Josh how he feels about what LeBron James said? We could have gotten into that with Josh. He does cover the NBA there in Charlotte. I have a feeling uh, we can guess the direction that would have gone. Oh, I'm... 100% 100% positive he has an opinion on the matter. Yeah, there's there's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> and it probably lines up with yours and mine. Yeah. Liked your column, by the way. Gordon's oh, got a column about it, sltrib.com. Make sure and check that out. All right, coming up next, we put a wrap on the big show. Get you ready for Jazz Game Night pregame show right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This 
is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. When I look at BYU football, they face this uphill battle. They face challenges a lot of programs don't. We go over all of that stuff all the time. Even if I grade all of that on a curve, they shouldn't be losing to USF. They shouldn't be outscored 25-7 to in the second half against Toledo. It can't happen. Like, they're not that bad. They're not in that bad of a position. So it is talent. It is coaching. It's all of it included. Everything matters. But yeah. BYU football should be and has to be better than this. They don't have time to be worried about injuries. No. They don't have time to be worried about honor code. They don't have time to be worried about uh, what they did or didn't do last week. They got to win this week against Boise State. They have to. Get it together. Figure it out. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Ain't going down till the sun comes up. Ain't giving in till they get enough. Go around the world in a pickup truck. Ain't going down till the sun comes up. I have a memory from the spectrum. UNLV Rebels against the Aggies with uh, UNLV had Larry Johnson, Stacey Ogman. The Aggies had a hell of a bad day. My favorite sports memory was at the Jazz game where Sundiaga Gaines hit the three to beat LeBron James. And I just remember when the ball was in the air, it seemed like forever, and you could hear a pin drop, and then the place just went nuts. Good ones. Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 at the zone. Jake, I remember that Sunday out of game shot because it was a tight, tight deadline. Had to file the second the game ended. And I looked down press row and like everybody had two stories going essentially, depending on what was going to happen. I had one column going and I was going back and forth, back and forth, how it was going to turn out. And then Sunday out, it hits that shot to win it for the Jazz. That A lot of people remember that game. All right, we've got to pick a winner. Now, I, I feel like there's there's dozens that we could pick from. All good memories. We, we have been doing this throughout the show. Best memory uh, or the memory that stands out the most at any of our great venues uh, along if, uh, out of the state. If I had my way, I'd give it to Scotty. Oh, with his dad yeah. out there in Boise, that was a good. That was a good story. <laughs> Scotty's trying to call a game. Yeah, I don't think we can. Scotty can find his own tickets to Guns N' Roses. Right. I think the Sunday out of Gaines guy, whose name was Scott too, that submitted that. Oh, so okay. Not to make him uh, excited only to lose, but by the way, Guns N' Roses is going to be here on October 29th at Vivint Smart Home Arena. Uh, get ready as reunited rock icons Axel Slash and Duff make their unbelievable return. Set to perform 150 shows for over five million fans in stadiums, arenas, and part of festivals worldwide. Tickets are on sale now. Pur- purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. That sounds like a concert Gordy Chiesa would love to go to. Coach is going to be. He's in the house. He's going to join me. For Jazz Game Nine pregame show coming up right around the corner, I, I'm. What? Where should we go? Who's our winner? Man, that's a tough one. What do you guys think? Personally, I like Emily because she talked it tied in the the sports venues, but also the topic of sports memories with your dad. Uh huh. She talked about her her dad getting picked to go down and shoot the hoops during the Utes game, and, and no one thought he'd make it. And he and, made every one of them. Okay. His dad or her dad was a baller. Yeah. And uh, uh, all right, I'm good with that. Uh, all right, Emily. Emily, yeah. in enjoy Guns and Roses. Have have some fun. And thanks I hope to everybody. She likes GNR. Thanks to everybody else who uh, participated. Who does not like GNR? I don't know. There might be some. I don't. I don't know if Gordy really likes uh, GNR. He might. He's like, shaking his he head. Yes, like he's got Frankie good taste. Valley more. I I don't know. I'm... I one thing I know about Coach. <laughs> he has a 
a vast appreciation for yes. music in general. Yes, of he is many, eclectic in his approach. Many different genres. Coach joins me right around the corner, but first we're talking to our friend Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And uh, thanks for being with us all day, by thanks the way. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah, it's been fun as usual. And we love it because you really are, you know, sometimes this is a little bit of a delicate subject, but I'm glad you come on our station, Andrew, because you, you help a lot of our listeners and you help them be happy. Yeah, there are so many guys suffering in silence with ED and it can wreak havoc on the relationship and it unravels. And we hear from the spouse and they're obviously concerned. So um, the treatment's been great. I think guys are finally starting to talk about it. They're obviously taking care of it at our clinic. This new treatment will basically eliminate the need for the pills. So you can throw the pills away. It opens up the blood vessels uh, in this part of the body using acoustic wave therapy. And it's it's great to see the results from the guys after they've gone through the treatment versus when they come in and on the phone. So, um, finally, so a, so, a breakthrough solution. So, it's solution. more than physical is what you're saying. It's uh, emotional and yeah. Uh, mental. Yeah, I think guys come in broken. I, I just don't know what else, you know, what other word to say. They, they, they've they tried most of the other things and failed typically when they come in. There's some exceptions to that, but most of the time they're frustrated and don't know where else to turn. Hmm. And it really, I, I would think the most intriguing part of the whole thing would be getting back to normal. You don't have to, to plan around medication or shots or, or, heaven forbid, surgery or anything like that. Right. You're back to normal. Yeah, spontaneity, um, natural function. Guys that come in in their 50s and 60s, we can take it back 10 years or 15 years. So that's cool. All right. Give them a call. 801-901-8000. That's 801-901-8000. And uh, you guys will do kind of a free consultation with the doctor. We will. And this is the last chance of the day. Call us right now. We'll do the initial assessment exam. Uh, we'll do a blood flow ultrasound, which is a cool way of seeing if there's any blockages in blood flow. Uh, totally free. There's no obligation. If you're curious about things and just want to feel it out, uh, come on in and uh, there's no charge. 801-901-8000. That's 801-901-8000. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thanks, guys. All right. Coach steps in. Jazz Game Night pregame show starts next. Gordon, uh, thank you as always, sir. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, Jake. Thanks, Austin. And uh, thanks to all our listeners. We appreciate it. Jazz basketball coverage kicks off next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I knew that was about the end of it. So long, farewell, I'll be saying good night. I hate goodbyes. This thing is over! That'll do, baby. That'll do.